We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to see that one uh, Vince before you move on to the next yes. question too so um, just discussed a lot of different things on that that phone call I just received but one of the things I did hear is that a uh, little interesting nugget about Thomas Harper's situation so okay. apparently when he came to Notre Dame this week for his visit because so people know the the window the, there's a window that they created for portal kids to visit schools and it's a short one it's like from the fourth to like the eighth I think yeah. is what it is yeah and so he was on campus and he was going to go visit a couple other places, one of which was Florida State. And there was another other another place. But apparently during the visit, he was just like and the staff was able to convince him to be like, hey, this is where it is. And he just decided that Notre Dame was it. Nice. So the original plan was he was actually going to take more visits. Yeah. But during the trip, it was just like, no, nope, this is the place to be. The message for what how they're going to use him was really impactful. You know, the fact that he's going to get a chance to start compete for a starting job because he was kind of a. He was a kind of the starting nickel, but he was kind of a piece to the puzzle. Sure, he wanted sure. a chance somewhere he could go somewhere and like be a guy there, but yeah. was also okay <laughs> if the role came about that he was going to be a piece that it would help there. He would be able to help there too. So just all of it was a it was a fit, uh, academic fit, all that stuff. So uh, this is a good pickup for Notre Dame. He's a native of Tennessee, I believe. Okay. Okay. So not a native Texan or like where a lot of or Oklahoma. He's a native of Tennessee, I believe. So. And his older brother, Devin, also played linebacker for Oklahoma State as well. So, a, Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Let's a little move. backstory on that one. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That's the best part about this recruiting stuff is the backstory. All right. Skyler ND, looking at the college football landscape next year, is there a dominant team? Is this another opportunity for Notre Dame to seize the moment? Schedule is tough, but it sets them up. Yeah, and the schedule being tough, Vince, is one of those things where it means that Notre Dame doesn't have to. This is what a tough schedule does for Notre Dame. It means you don't have to be 12 and 0 to get to the playoff. Right. In 2021, Notre Dame needed to be 12 and 0 to get to the playoff. No, no question. In 2017, they just needed to have one loss. In 2015, they just basically needed to have one loss and don't crap your pants against Wake Forest and Boston College. Right, like the schedules were set up in in various years where the, yeah. a one loss Notre Dame team gets in. Right, in in that's just 2018. You needed to be undefeated. Mm -hmm. 
because a there was a bunch of other really good one loss teams and your schedule overall wasn't that tough. You had a Michigan win, but like you couldn't have lost to Michigan or beaten beaten Michigan and then lost to Syracuse or lost to Michigan and still got in most likely. Right. Just because there was other undefeated teams and things like that. This year, I believe an under, a one loss Notre Dame team. If like let's say they let's say they had beat Ohio State and then lost to an upset in Cal in week three and then ran the table and beat USC and beat Clemson. Notre Dame's in the playoff. Yes, agreed. They're, they are. They'd have got in over Ohio State and USC right. and Clemson. Yeah. Beat them. Yeah. Because who were the three teams that were fighting for that last spot? Three teams that Notre Dame played. Yeah, exactly. That's the unique aspect of it. Like Notre Dame going into the final week of the season. Three the three teams battling for the so the last weekend and then the college football the championship weekend so it's like the last two weekends. Clemson, USC, and Ohio State were the contenders for that fourth spot. Yep, right. USC uh, lost in the championship round. Clemson lost in the in the reg in the uh, and they all three lost down the stretch. So that's how Ohio State kind of backed in. Sure. Well, if Notre Dame has a win over all three of those teams, but a loss to Stanford or Cal or something like that, guess what? They're in. Yep. And so it just depends on the year. I think next year to Scholar's point is going to be a year where it, it could be set up to where they don't have to be undefeated. Now, the the other part of that is, is when there aren't dominant teams, it's harder for teams to go undefeated. Sure. I think like this year you had what two undefeated teams, right? Michigan and, and Georgia was it. Yeah. Everybody else had a loss. One team got in without winning a conference championship. So you have that as well. So I think there's more parity coming to college football. I think, as we've said, Clemson's taking a little bit of a step back. Alabama's taking a little bit of a step back. We'll see if they can kind of take a step forward with this recruiting class they have coming in. But, you know, that's kind of how I view it, Vince. I think that and, – and look, that's the reason – I wrote this article last night. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not. But it was – this is why Notre Dame went after Sam Hartman. It's for one oh, reason yeah, and I one reason one. only. Yeah, it's because they think they have a chance to make a run. They have a couple pieces that they want to add through the sure. portal. Some they added through recruiting high school kids. And they feel like if they can just make a little tweaks, quarterback being one, that whether it's Sam Hartman is a starter or or Tyler Buckner has to beat out somebody really good. Because that's the thing is they didn't want to just roll with Tyler and him not have that competition of right. – Who's re- I mean, who's really challenging Tyler Buckner for the starting job next year? Right. If it if they don't bring in a, like if they'd have brought in Keaton Slovis for depth, nobody's challenging Tyler Buckner for the starting job. And I don't know if that makes Tyler better. Yeah. Now, if Tyler's your starter next year, it's either because Sam got hurt or most mm-hmm. likely because Tyler made huge gains and he's a great player, or Sam's a quarterback. Either way, right. You feel a lot better about you having really good quarterback play. And as the staff looks around, they're like, look, we got a great offensive line and the best offensive line coach in the business. We got a great running back room and the best running back coach in the business. Our receiving core is young but talented. We tight end room, young but talented. And we've got a guy that the head coach trusts a ton at that position. And then um, it's quarterback. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like quarterback. That's the one position holding the back. So now you insert a guy like Sam Hartman. And and you've got Tyler Buckner in that competition who's healthy, who you didn't have almost a whole year. And all of a sudden they feel like, no, we can now go out and compete. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's why there's maybe, you know, develop Buckner and, you know, take your lumps this year on 2023 and then get ready for 2024. They're looking at this like, no, no, we're going to make Oh, Alabama's got to replace their starting quarterback. Georgia's got to replace their starting quarterback. Ohio State's got to replace their starting quarterback. Like, why would we want to wait till next year? 
You know what I mean? Like, no, we're going to make our run now. And then we'll worry about making a run again in 2024. Right. That's the way that staff. And I, and I love that. I love that. Absolutely. You kidding me? No doubt about it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hulk Strongest. Hey guys, as a fan from Ohio of Hawaii and seeing these Hawaii boys play for my favorite team is awesome. So do you guys think that Jordan B turned the corner, Jordan Batelho turned the corner, and do you guys remember Jason Ching? I do remember Jason Ching. He was a big-time recruit. It was in the 90s, I believe, maybe early 2000s. I don't remember when Jason Ching was coming out, but he was this parade All-American from Hawaii, defensive lineman, was supposed to be a really good player. Never panned out, but I remember hearing a lot about him because you know I followed recruiting on the, you know, the old magazine back in the day and all that. And I right. remember him. He was supposed to be a really, really good player. I'm gonna try to see if I can look up when he was at Notre Dame because I don't remember when he came out. But yeah, he was supposed to be a really, really good football player. Really good football player. Let me see if I can find this one here. He so yeah, he was there in the nineties. So he was one of those. He might have been 90s. like Lou's last class or Davies first around there. So he was a ninety six grad. So that would have made him what part of that? Well, that would have been the class of ninety six. So that right. So that have been Davies. Lou's last year, right? Thought Lou left in ninety five. I think Lou's but, last year was was nineteen ninety seven. I was believe. It? Oh, I okay. Could be. You know, you, you might that. be you might be right about that. I could be wrong. I'm just gonna go look now. <clears throat> Yeah, lose last year at Notre Dame. I'm not going to challenge you on Notre Dame trivia. <laughs> 1996. His last year was 1996. Yes, okay. so that would have been Lou's last class, Lou's okay. last team. So Lou left. Okay, I guess 97, meaning the 97 season. So that's when Davy started, and then he was there for five years, 97 to 01. Then Ty took over in 02 for three years, and then Charlie took over in 05. And we, we all know the rest. Yes, we do. So yeah. Yep. All right, Benjamin, what small changes do you think the coaches need to make to have this team ready to go fight for and win a title? We kind of talked about 
you know, kind of the areas where they got to get better yesterday, right? And so I think improved quarterback play is one, whether it's Hartman or Buckner, that's one. I think offensively, playing more to your skill, which mm-hmm. is something we started to see in the bowl game, you're going to be more of a running back receiver heavy team next year as opposed to tight end, you know, dominant type of team next year. Not that the tight ends won't be good and productive. They will. It's just not going to be the kind of production we've seen in it's recent It's going to be different. Seasons. I mean, and right. anybody to expect differently is just right. not realistic. Right. I mean, I'm just. Right. Exactly. So I think those are things that I look at and I see uh, kind of potential for that to look a lot different. I'm, I'm curious to see how Coach Reese like one thing he's done a lot of in his tenure at head coach in their name is be a lot of heavy 12 personnel team. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, his first offense at Notre Dame had three tight ends on it that are current starters in the national football or, you know, Good. two of yeah. them are current starters oh, in the yeah. national football league. And the third one's about to be a first round draft pick. You know, when you think of 2020, they had Kevin Bauman, they had Tommy Trumbull and they had Michael Mayer and, Tommy Trumbull didn't start most of the year, and he was a third-round draft pick. Brock uh, Brock Wright went undrafted, and he's currently starting for the Lions Lions. and playing well, from what I can tell. Yes, and what people tell me, you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, you you understand it, you know, because then who was your who was your third receiver in 2020, right? Kevin Austin got hurt. Brain Lindsay was injured the whole year. Uh, You know, like there wasn't really that guy. Lawrence Keyes was banged up that year. And so, yeah, ride your tight ends. Makes sense. 2021, they did – it was more balanced, 11 mm-hmm. personnel and 12 personnel. Why? Because you had Michael Mayer and then George Takis, but then there was a bit of a drop-off after that because you were young. And and so, you know, they did 12 personnel, but not a ton of it because the personnel better dictated more 11. So we saw a lot more Avery, Avery Davis and the 11 personnel stuff. This year, because of the quarterback situation, the roster needed more 12 and 13 personnel. So I, I do think Tom Reese likes to use the tight ends a lot. I think next year we're going to find out if he's yeah. if he's dead set on doing it or not. Because we didn't see we saw a good chunk of it in the bowl game, but nothing like we saw in the past. Like if closed. we see the balance between 12 and 11 and 21, and we even saw a snap of 20 in that game, Vince, which was just two running backs, zero tight ends, three receivers. I love that formation. I like that more than 10 personnel because 10 personnel puts four receivers on the field. But I feel like if you got Logan, if you got Audric Estime and Chris Tyree or Audric Estime and pick another back in there in 20 personnel, you can move that Chris Tyree out, go 10 personnel and be fine, it, you know, like from how you're lined up. But if you stay in that 20 personnel with Chris Tyree, you can also have Audric Estime as a lead blocker. You can use Chris Tyree as a smoke guy on motions and like on jets and stuff because you have to respect it because if you don't, then you just hand off the jet and he runs around the outside. That's a really difficult uh, alignment to stop, Vince, because it forces you to expand the box. And, you know, with a guy like Sam Hartman, if you're running some RPOs out of 20 personnel, good night. I'd love to see more If you listen to the ESPN announcers, though, because Chris Tyree is a wide receiver who just lines up at running back at times. I know. (laughs) All the time. I couldn't help that one. So I get it. It's frustrating. (laughs) It's frustrating. All right. Okay, Brandon uh, asks, is it necessary that Notre Dame finds a Viper in the portal now? No, they're not looking for a Viper in the portal now. So just a, am not going to get into it too much, but I, I don't think that there was ever necessarily a, a strong leaning towards uh, Justin Adamula coming back. I don't think the staff is at all surprised by this decision. So the fact that they have been recruiting 
not recruiting Viper anyway, Vince, mm-hmm. even yeah. knowing that this was probably going to happen. I mean, they know what the conversations were like, and and you and I both know what the conversations are like. So Notre, Notre Dame is not surprised that Justin right. Emuel is not coming back. Great way to put it. And so they've already kind of know what their Viper position is going to look like, and they're comfortable with it. I mean, you, you, you can say you don't agree or, or whatever, that's fine, but they like the Viper position. They really like the Viper position, meaning – they look at it and they see Jordan Patelho and, you know, he was able to, you know, so far this year stayed out of trouble, you know, but when he plays, he's really good. You look at other positions like, um, you know, or other players like jo- Josh Burnham, yep, like yep. they love his upside and you say, well, he didn't play a whole lot. Well, there's been plenty of great players in our name than play a whole lot as freshmen. Right. Right. Audio can be easy to play down much. The, right. down the way. So I mean, right. that's why he didn't play in the bowl game. Correct. Then, are they going to keep junior to Almaca there? We don't know, right. but I mean, Junior got some pressure on Spencer right. Rattler on Friday. I mean, he right for the never playing that position before and playing well, he, it for the. He had I mean, played it during the season, but yes, correct. You know before what I'm this saying? Year, he had never played it right in a, in a college game. Right, I thought he played pretty well. Now, does right. he stick there? Do they put him back at linebacker? I don't know, but I mean, there there are there are answers there that Notre Dame is confident. That yeah. those are the answers for that position. So we'll see. Yeah. So, so uh, more of the story is then you've got, you know, you could potentially lo- use Jaden Sneed in, in that position as well in sort of your three down alignment. You can make him the third linebacker that can kind of move all over and trigger as a passer. So, not a true Viper in the sense that they've used it this year where you're having him set the edge a ton, right. meaning, but like there's some nickel stuff that you could do, Vince, where you can move Jalen Sneed to that spot. And have him rush the quarterback. Sure, sure. You you could move Drake Bowen there, Preston Zinter there, Aiden Gobira there, and the four down looks could be a guy that could play there. So there's plenty of options, and there's guys that they like. So that's the thing is what y'all have to understand is just because we didn't see a guy as a freshman doesn't mean this staff right. doesn't like that kid or think that kid's going to be very good. Right. You know, sometimes it's like, look, with Josh Burnham, you got to think about it. Like, okay, this is a kid moving to a brand new position he's never played before. He's filling out. He's making the academic transition. And then he had late in the year a, a bit of a, a, a minor injury, but one that kept him out a little bit uh, of some bowl prep. So, hey, let's let this kid redshirt, and then maybe you might get him for four more years. If not, you get him for two or three, and if he breaks out and you feel good about it. So they made the decision to redshirt him. And I'm okay with that. Right. I am. But just because they redshirted him doesn't mean – and they knew that Josh was the kind of kid that would be acceptable to a redshirt. Right, and that's uh, amenable, I guess, is uh, uh, the word that I probably should use there, Vince. But other guys, not so much. So you've got to be aware of that. But like Donovan Heinish didn't play this year. I've heard a lot of good things from the staff about Donovan Heinish. They really like that yeah, kid, right? Right. You know, Tyson Ford started to come along late in the year. Just because we don't see guys doesn't mean that they are not high on them. And and you know we've seen that like L- Audric Estimate didn't play much last year on, on running back. Doesn't mean the staff didn't love him. And he right. had what seven carries and they came in two blowouts. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do the next year? He goes out and breaks out. Right. Right. So there's a lot of those young kids they like. They love their freshman class, the one that's on campus. And and next year you're going to see that class making even more and more of an impact. And that's going to be really important, Vince. So Absolutely. I think. There may be some guys that can play Viper as part of multiple positions that a guy can right. play. 
But right now they're kind of more focusing on that big end spot, the defensive end. Because what how Notre Dame calls it is defensive end and Viper is what they call those two positions. So that's what the position they've kind of focused on. And then someone who can maybe play a little bit inside. And sure, we have some other questions about what we think the, the defense might look like. And so I'll save the rest of the comments for once we get to that question. We do have a couple right. of super chats down there, Vince, if you want to. Oh, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go down and star those here real quick and, and get to the, some of those here real fast. All right. Well, here's one right here from Milton Fan. What are the most significant changes or working to change has Marcus Freeman made? Have locker room issues been fixed? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, you're just going to leave out that hashtag caveman voice equals best voice. You're just going to leave that out, huh? I, I guess I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Milton loves um, it, man. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, Vince, the locker room issues, from what I'm told, there's they've gone taken a lot of steps to fixing that. Good. And they started taking steps during the season. You right. know, there's some guys that on the team that, that, that just weren't necessarily bought. And I think a lot of it was from veterans. And this is actually somewhat understandable. It's harder to get guys that, that were under a previous coach for a long time to kind of buy in to what you're doing, especially when things don't go your way early on. And that's why we saw some guys transfer out. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a problem. Gonna right? That's that. a problem. I mean, so those some of the, a lot of those guys are gone now, whether their careers are over or whatever the right. case may be. Um, a lot of those guys are gone now. And and some of that was dealt with during the season. Yeah. So that that's the, that's really the big one. That's you you got to get the buy-in, Vince. You know right. this. No matter oh, what, right or wrong, with whatever decision you make, you've got to have buy-in. Mm-hmm. If you don't have buy-in, you're going to have a hard time Agreed. being a team that you're capable of. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, Joe, mixing a little politics in here. Thanks for the super chat, though, Joe. Afternoon, fellas. Great show. Hartman! Okay, got that out of the way. The Speaker of the House thing is a debacle. All right, that's out of the way. Question. Agree to disagree. 10 and 2 is a reasonable floor for us next year. Floor, yes. Yes, that's the floor. Meaning the worst this team should do next year is 10 and 2. Yes, that's very reasonable. Very reasonable this year, too. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why we said this year was a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Because the floor is basically what's the acceptable win loss record that makes you say you're moving forward. Right. And I think when you look at next year's schedule, I mean, like like 2021, the the floor was 12 and 0 for me. When you looked at how bad that schedule turned out to be, you know, and and they fell short. That team, if that team goes 10 and 2, it's a disaster. If this year's team would have gone 10 and 2, you'd have been like, that's a pretty good year. You yeah. know, when you consider, you know, maybe everything been better. Happened. Yeah, right. Right, but man, you know, you you had some big wins. You know, because here's the deal: if you just if you just don't lose to Marshall and Stanford. We're looking at the season saying, you know, you gave USC everything you can handle and you gave Ohio State everything. It just wasn't good enough. You got to get better. But you also smacked Clemson and you smacked North Carolina and, you know, you did all these things and you feel good about your team. And, yeah, I wish it would have been better, but I'm, I'm content. I'm happy yes. with the direction they're going. Right. Nine and four is not acceptable. And then you got in a bowl game and hopefully win a bowl game. Nine and four wasn't acceptable to me. And and next year, anything worse than 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 – then uh, ten and two is going to be unacceptable to I me. I agree with that. Just because of just a lot of the stuff that you need to have worked out should be worked out. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to say this real quick. Okay, number one is just because you get a super chat, Joe. I'm more than willing to engage with you, but people standing up for their principles is never a bad thing for me. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, and. 
I can't stand our Congress on either side. Finch, you know my stance on this. I dislike the R's as much as I dislike the D's, and you know this. You know what I mean? So if we're going to do things, I say get them all out is my stance. So, yeah, when if you're going to do something that's going to take out the leadership it, from a voting standpoint of Congress, I wish both I wish both parties would do that. Get rid of all the clowns we've had in leadership for however many years, all these fossils that have continued to steal money from us for decades. Get rid of all of them, R's and D's, all of them. Bring in some fresh leadership. And the other thing, too, is we've been conditioned to think that Congress should always be doing stuff. That's not how it was started. It was meant to be a difficult thing to get bills passed. It was always meant to be a difficult thing. And if you want to talk about contempt, go read the first hundred years of how con- there was a dude that got beat down on the floor of the house or the Senate in this in the 1800s. Like literally got beat down, right? So what we see here is child's play the way it was the first hundred years. So I think it should be hard for Congress to do things because right now they just keep stealing from us, and you know. So, I, you know, they spent over $100,000 to study Thanos's thing. You know that, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's, what is there to study? It's fake. Yeah. It's not real. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I could save you yeah. a lot of money yeah. and just give you $4.99. Yeah. You can rent it. So anyway, so be- only because you brought that up in a super chat, I respond to it. So I don't think it's a buckle. I like it when people stand up their principles. Now let's freaking get away from politics and back to football. Fair enough. Matt from Shanghai. Thanks for the super chat. How do you anticipate the staff will approach defensive line next year, given lack of ideal size and unproven talent? Move to a more 3-3-5, transfers, all of the above. I think we are going to see more three down. This is just 100% my opinion. I have not been told this. Like, you know, somebody say, hey, Brian, you know, we may do this, so pretend like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think when I look up at the makeup of the roster, I see a team that just looks more like it should be more of a 3-3 hybrid team, meaning your Vipers are guys like Patelho and, and Burnham and Junior that can move all over. And I, and I think Jordan Patelho did a really good job playing on the edge in the bowl game, but I also think there are better ways to use him and Burnham where it's not only doing that, right? Like did a really good job there, but – know move him around drop him in coverage and now they didn't do that in the bowl game i think because vince that's just not who they've been all year yeah and i'm good with that don't try to invent something you haven't done all year stick with who you are but i think next year when you have a whole off season and you have multiple guys that can do that because let's say you to practice all bowl season to have jordan doing all these different things and he gets hurt who who else is going to do that because you don't want to play burnham he's been out with with a little minor surgery and that kind of stuff Maybe he could have played, but do you really want to thrust him into that role in a bowl game like that? I don't think so. So when I look at it, Vince, I kind of like that fitting their personnel really well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of having a 3-3-5 three, three, where you have the Batelho, Burnham, junior kind of linebacker slash end where you can quickly move from a three to four down and then having two linebackers starting. <clears throat> so like a, a Mike and a, and a Will. And then a true five-man secondary with a hopefully a third safety playing that spot, which now would be would be the position would go to, you know, potentially Thomas Harper, and you'd be able to get to that three down type of thing. Right. So yeah, that's where you go. So hey guys, I answered the question about the politics stuff. We're moving on. Okay. Also move on in the chat. 
All right. So I, I only answered the question because the guy gave us a super chat, right? Gave my opinion. It's all good. We're, we can now move on from it. Okay. So let's, let's do that. Okay. I'm, so glad I'm not reading the chat right now. All right. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to get sucked in. Cause I know yes. I would. Yes. All right. We got a super chat from Sean Kelly. Thank you very much, Sean. What happened with Justin, Adam, Alola, Brian, and Braun and Vunce? Braun and Vunce? Uh, that's fine. I think he's doing that because he put Vunce in. Yesterday. Did he ever explain to you why he was mad at you? Uh, was it? Th- I don't think it was. It wasn't him. It was somebody else. They actually had an avatar. It was a different Sean. I okay. Think. Gotcha. So, different Sean anyway. Kelly. Okay. I don't know if it was a Kelly. I, I thought it was Sean it. Kelly. So it might be a different one. Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> so, Sean, I think it's just time to move on. I mean, that's about all I'm going to say about it right at the moment. You know, I may I may have more to say about it after the draft. But for now, we'll just kind of – I think both sides were ready to, ready to, you know, like I think Justin was ready to go, honestly. And, and, and Vince and I will talk more about this after the show. I think at the end of the day, it was just the brothers came in together. They're going to go out together. It's, I respect you know. that. I mean, I, I respect that part of it. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, they're twins. They – have literally done everything together. Yeah. I like that. here's here's my thing, and this is something I had said to somebody about Justin is what else does Justin have to prove? The only reason to come back is if he's going to be put in a position where he can be the guy. Yeah. He can be Fosky. And that's not what Notre Dame was going to have him do. That's not what anybody else was going to have him do if he wanted to transfer, right? It's just it, it's look, if if so, if they're just going to use you like they've been using you. Mm-hmm. That's great if you if you just want to be part of the team and help the team win. That's totally fine. No no problem with that. But at this point in time, Vince, it's just one of those things where there may be more risk to it than reward by coming back for another year. What yeah. if he gets hurt? And and he's also he's no spring chicken. He'd be a sixth year player. So he'd be what close to twenty four. Yeah, in a league where thirty is considered ancient. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, not as bad as the NBA, but it's pretty bad. You know, yeah. especially for a, line, a, line, a guy that's not not an every down guy, puts you one year further away from your second contract. So unless you just loved being a college football player, which is fine, I just don't know what the value was for Justin to come back. You know, now of course right. Notre Dame, you know, good player and all that kind of stuff, and maybe could have helped and all that stuff for sure, but. I just don't think for Justin it made a lot of sense. And I think for Notre Dame it'll end up being a good thing because sometimes you need to have guys leave so you can start preparing your your next generation of players. So I'm 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 comfortable with what happened here and and uh we'll, we'll talk about it more after the yeah. after the draft. Good call. For sure. Matt 2011GT. All right, thank you for the super chat, Matt. Appreciate it. Does Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan high and dry? If these allegations turn out to be true, in other words, is it more likely he leaves for the NFL? I honestly don't know, Vince. I don't know enough about the particulars of how Michigan feels about it. Yeah, it's such a weird situation because he just came out with a, you know, a statement. He talked to the AD and the president and he can't tell the future, but he'll probably be enthusiastically coaching Michigan next year or whatever BS comedy made. And then like an hour later, the out these allegations hit the media. Now right. I he knows that they were out there. Correct. They they're informed before the release. Correct. Like they don't just Correct. drop a release where the school's like, "What?" Yeah. Right. Hold That's what on I'm a second. Right. We're, wait a minute. What? We're we're getting No, they serve the notice of allegation yes. then announce it. So Correct. Michigan knew this was coming. Right. So, so I highly doubt that they have him put that statement out if you know, I and Let's look see what if, kind if, of heat 
he if gets what I'm donors. hearing is accurate, I hope Michigan sues the crap out of the NCAA. But well, I have to, but I, but I don't want to get too much into it because I want to make sure that I hear all the facts. But basically, it was like some involved in some 2020 recruiting stuff with COVID, and and the allegation was minor, but they didn't like how Michigan responded to it. Mm-hmm. Seriously, they, they thought that Jim Harbaugh was be, was being deceitful. The NCAA should not call anyone <laughs> on the carpet for being deceitful. <laughs> you let North Carolina get away with having. Fake freaking classes. Don't Enough, talk to me about how you didn't happened. like Jim Harbaugh's response to COVID visit stuff. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break. You got, Literally, you did nothing to a school that had fake class. They faked classes for athletes. Yes. You did nothing. Nothing. Shut up. Just shut up. Run the NCAA tournament and shut up. That's all I want to hear from you. You Which do nothing. Expand, you don't, by the you way. don't know. You're, you're going to let these schools blatantly cheat and pay players. Right outside the, what you say are they're supposed to be the rules, and this is what you're going to come down on. Right, give give me a break, give me a break, and and I guarantee you it's no different than what every other school did. Guarantee it, guarantee it. So screw the NCAA. I I, I can't. That's how much I hate the NCAA right now. Is <laughs> go Michigan when it comes to the battle of the NCAA. I don't, I don't care. I, I dislike them. I dislike them that much. Did that much. Oh god. Just can't do it. Screw oh, it. Right. I'm tired of them. Oh. I'm ready for it to die. I'm ready for the NCAA to no longer be a thing. I'm ready for it. Cuz right now it it what does it do except collect money? Nothing. I don't I don't disagree with anything you said about the NCAA. Well, I know it hurts it, for you to to hear well, those words I'll and never, say those I'll, words. Ugh. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right. I just need to move on from my own sanity. All right, Joe with another super chat. Joe. Joe, thank you very much. He says, in a way too early preseason poll, which I hate, by the way, who's your top five? We are at least top 10. So glad I'm starting baseball workouts this week. I've been cranky the past few weeks. Gosh, man, that's I. Ha- first of all, Joe, I, I can't really answer that one right now. I'm going to be honest with you because, A, I haven't studied enough teams to know. Number two. I mean, I assume Georgia's going to be in there, right? Because I'm sure. a, I'm a, you're the champ, so somebody beat you thing. But if TCU wins at all, I'm going to have them in the top five. If they're sure. not, then I won't have them in the top five for next year. I think they just got a hot run. But I'm also a believer that if you're the champs, you're the, you're number one until somebody beats you. That's just how I, how I believe about it, right? Like, no point in time this year should Georgia ever have been ranked anything other than number one because they were the champs right. last year and, and nobody still is beating lose. them. And they didn't right. lose. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're the champs until somebody beats them. Uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, I'd have to go break teams down. I mean, I, I got to see what Al- Alabama's going to be in the conversation. Ohio State's going to be in the conversation. You know, USC is going to be in the conversation. But, I, again, I got to study just all of what these teams got, got, to go come, uh, got back. And sure. the other part, too, is let's let the transfer portal close for yeah. the winter. That's the other part. Before – like, if you'd asked me two days ago, my view on Notre Dame would be a little different. Well – no, it wouldn't have because I knew the same. I was going to say, you did. Yeah. But let's say, gosh, was it? What do I got to go back, Vince? What, three weeks? Yeah. About a little over that. three weeks. Yeah. But basically, the a end month. of the regular season, let's call it. Okay. Sure. I mean, uh, uh, when we didn't know who the quarterback transfer yeah. is going to be. Okay. Um, I, I don't know where I'd put Notre Dame. I, I'd be optimistic, but I'm like, I, I didn't see Tyler Buckner in the bowl game. I didn't. Right. Know what to expect from him. I didn't know who 
I didn't know certain players are not coming back. I didn't know that they were going to get Sam Hartman. I didn't know that they were going to get, you know, uh, Thomas Harper. I didn't know that, you know, there's a lot of things. I thought they were going to have Peyton Bowen. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's just a lot of different things mm-hmm. that you look at. So, so let me just let me just see this cycle, Joe, and 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 maybe bring this question back up maybe in a, in a couple weeks when the portal closes. And don't do a super chat because you've already paid for it once, but just turn a mailbag, bring it up, and, and I'll answer it. But I gotta study the rosters a little bit more too, Vince. I also um, I also think that it could change not drastically, but definitely change after spring ball and after that transfer portal sure, session sure. goes through. You know what I mean? But I'm okay kind of doing like an early look based on okay, of what we know right now, here's where yeah, we're at. That's fair. But I just want to make sure it's an educated con you know, ranking because I, again, I got to look and see who else coming back. There's guys that have, I mean, technically I don't think Bryce Young is declared for the NFL draft yet. Right. Technically. That's true. So I expect him to, but he hasn't yet. So until he does, I mean, how do Will you Anderson not have Baylor? I don't think so either. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> now they're going to sure. But the point is they haven't yet. And so there's just, there's just too much to know uh, between now and then Joe. So this would be a great, a great question in a couple weeks when I just, I know more. The portal's closed. More guys have declared for the draft, and I'll have more time to kind of study who is and is not coming back. Uh, but, you know, that's probably a fun sh- – you know what? I want to do some more shows like that this this year, Vince, where we actually do some shows where we kind of do our own preseason top 25 or way sure. too early top 25. I think those will be fun shows. You all let us know in the in the comments section. Would that be something you guys would like to do kind of during the offseason to sort of some national – some shows about, hey, our Irish breakdown preseason top 25 and Heisman contenders and sleeper teams. So we, obviously we'll talk about where Notre Dame fits in that, but just where we also talk about college football. I'd be curious if that's something you all would be interested in uh, on Irish breakdown. I mean, we'll, we'll or we could just do it on CFB Nation, but that's I mean, something I'd be curious about. I, I, would, I would say just from – like when you do a top 10 or a top 25 or whatever, you are so detailed and you like look at these teams and you do all, it's amazing. I don't know if I could even do that. I look at a team and I'm like, okay, does this feel like a top five team? Does this feel like a top 10 team, top 25 team, et cetera, regardless of, you know, what's around them and what's, what's logical, you know, but does this feel like a top 10? Like right now, Notre Dame feels like a top 10 team. No question. I'm not ready to no say they're top five yet because I still right. think there's some things that need to shake out. They got to prove that a little bit more. Right. That's yes. what I'm saying. They're top, they're top they 10 like for a, me right they now. They feel like a yes. top 10 team for me. That I could say confidently. I agree okay. with you. All right. I agree with you. Yeah. Like, will they be six or 10? Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Right. Agreed. 100%. Because but, that's where you have to dig in a little bit more to see what else is around right. and what other, you know, but they feel like a top 10 team right now to me. Agree. So agree. All right. Brandon says, how could Golden and company adjust the defense best formation wise if the depth at Viper isn't sufficient, but other positions are? I mean, you kind of talked about that already, but if you want to touch on this one, you can. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, boy. Um, I guess I just, 
I guess I don't accept the premise because I, I think that they're going to be really good at Viper. I'm just not worried about Viper. That I've got other yeah. concerns. I'm not worried <laughs> about Viper. Right. Having said that, let's just address the question. Let's say that they wanted to get a guy in the portal and they don't like what there's coming back and they missed on Keon and they couldn't get other guys and they're just, man, we just have struck out at Viper nonstop and we're screwed. And, gee, we thought Justin Adam was going to come back. He's not coming back. Like, man, we're, we're yeah. screwed. They can go to more of a true 3-3-5. Three, three, and I do think the personnel would fit that. Okay. And you could have, you know, Colley and Maris battle for the will job. Jalen Seed battle for the will job. You could have J.D. Bertrand at Mike. You know, you can figure out what you're going to do with the Sam position. Maybe it's a Burnham and a Botelho situation if you don't think those guys can be Vipers or whatever the case may be. So, you can go to more of a true three three five like TCU uses. I would do it a little bit differently because I don't think you have kind of like the, the nose guard to kind of to to really run that in a traditional two gapping sense. But I would say go to a three three five and just be a heavy pressure team is what I would say to do. Use your speed to your advantage, you know. And and because as I'm not a big three three five fan for me personally, mm-hmm. but one of the things I like about it is. One of the challenges it presented, because we faced some three three five teams during my coaching career, not a lot, and they didn't look like they do now. Yeah, they were a right. different type of three three five. Sometimes it was like a three five Vince, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I'm sure you faced this too, where yeah. it was like a three three, but then like two overhangs it was cover one, cover three right. team. But from a box standpoint, what that alignment does is it gives them a lot of stunting and twisting options that happen quick. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're doing a twist with two defensive linemen, there's a looper that has to be involved, right? I mean, it, it, it's a little bit more of a an extra second or so to happen. When you're crashing, when you're doing those same stunts with linebackers, Vince, they hit quick. Yeah. And and if a team is good at it. Right, and that's the key. It, right. That can key. give you some problems. Because in high school, when I would see a 3-3-5 or a 3-3 stack or whatever you want to call it, I salivated because I was a running the, I was a, I, I like to run the ball. You know, I salivated with a three man front because mm-hmm. I always had athletic linemen and we could get to the second level and we'd be good to go like salivated. But if you yeah. have athletic linebackers and they are very good at twisting and stunting and moving and doing some different things, it can mess you up big time on the offensive line because you have to have your head on a swivel. You have to know your rules and you have to execute them. You can't just get the guy in your head and call it a day, you know, because guys are going to slip through and it's going to be ugly. But yeah. generally at the high school level, it was not run as smoothly as it is at some of the college, collegiate level, obviously. So I used to love a three, three, five as an offensive coordinator. I know there's some of that that's still out there, you know, at the college level even. But if you get a team that runs it really, really well, that's a different conversation. So right. I do agree with you on that. Right. There's a fun one here. It's, but that's I, true with anything, Vince. I've seen yeah, teams run yeah. four threes and four two fives Absolutely. where it sucks. You know, Absolutely. it's just like. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a big proponent to running what your personnel is going to allow you to do. But you can't just willy-nilly change your formations every year either. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a fine line in there where you have to be good at what you're doing, but also tailor it towards what yeah. you are good at. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Real quick, Vince, Bryce Young, yeah. I just looked it up. Bryce Young did actually declare. He just oh, doesn't okay. do social media. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, he did, in fact, declare. So, yeah, he did say he's going to be out. Well, clearly, Alabama's out of the top 25. Yeah, and so, so did uh, Will Anderson Jr. and Jimmy okay. Gibbs. So, they did, in fact, do that. Okay. They did well, there you go. I just so missed how much I pay attention to Alabama. Yeah. So, I, you know, it is what it is. No, I just missed that announcement. So, yeah, they did. They <laughs> okay. did. Okay. Yeah, they did. 
Awesome. All right. Irish blooded. I think has a good question here. A fun one, just based on projections, no further flips or moves. What would be your two deep on the wide receiving core going into next year? Oh, so, you know, right now for me, based on how everything kind of played out this year, my receiving core would be, I'd have Tobias Merriweather X. I'd have Jaden Thomas at Z, which is the slot. I'd have Tobias Merriweather W. I'd have you, Caleb you, Smith. You put Tobias at both positions. I'm sorry, Deion Colsey. Okay, Deion Colsey right. at W. I was like, That's I know how good, good Tobias is, man. That's how good he is. <laughs> no, uh, Deion Colsey at W, which okay. is close to what it was in the bowl game. They had Lorenzo yeah. Styles starting at X. I don't think Lorenzo Styles has done anything to lock down a starting yeah. position to me. Agreed. Uh, and, and so I'm giving Tobias every chance to beat him out. Lorenzo's going to play for me, though. He's going to sure. be an X and a Z. I'm going to have uh, Caleb Smith play all over. I mean, he 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 does a lot of stuff that Jaden Thomas does, but he brings a little bit more W potential to the table to me, a little bit more down-the-field ability than Jaden has. He's going to play a bunch for me. And then of the freshmen, you know, so that's, that's my five-man rotation. And then which freshman or two is able to crack into that lineup as well is kind of how I would do it. So, like, Tobias can play W and X. Braden can, or um, not Braden, but Lorenzo Salas can play X and Z. Deion Coles, he can play, is more of a W. Caleb Smith can play all three, and Jane Thomas can play all three. I just like Caleb as a W more than I like Jaden as a W. I want to keep Jaden more in the slot to the field uh, in, in my yeah, base too. look as well. So that would be that would be kind of how I would all right. how I would go. I love it. All right. Yep. Christopher LaFaro. Does anyone think Marcus Freeman moves on from Al Washington or James Laurinaitis? Well, number one, I don't see the need to move on from James Laurinaitis. He's not the primary an analyst linebacker coach. Right. And he's in his first year as a coach. I, I don't I don't see any reason to be com- conversing about getting rid of him. So I, I just don't see that one being a being a thing. So no, I don't I don't expect that to happen. Um Al Washington, I mean, I would. But I'm not the one that's got to make that decision. So, <laughs> right, you know. Um, but I also, I also am, am, I'm also okay with the notion of, look, this is a guy that I hired for a reason. Sure. No, I didn't like the job he did, and I'm confident that Marcus Freeman's not happy with the play of the front seven this year. I'm very confident in saying that. But as I've said in the past, Vince, firing a guy is not the only reason to get better play. It, you right. know, clearly he believes that Al Washington can do a certain job. He hasn't been doing it so far. Well, there's mm-hmm. two options. One is to fire him. Two is to sit him down and say, hey, look, man, I need you to I need you to do better, right? You're my guy. I'm going to always have your back. I'm going to call that Driscoll guy and tell him he needs to back off you and, and not rip you all the time, but I need you to give me a reason to, de- right. <laughs> to defend you moving forward. Yeah, right. Right? Absolutely. I need, and, and then tell him what that means. What does that look like? I need the defensive line to play better. Here's what that looks like. I need you to recruit better. Here's the expectations. So I would imagine he would probably do that first before just going out and getting a guy and and replacing him. So Mm -hmm. that would be my guess would be is what he would do, Vince. I don't know one way or the other, but my guess would be that he's not going to move on from anybody like that, especially Mm -hmm. Washington. It's going to be more of a, okay, Here's what you did well this year. Here's what I need you to do better at. Yeah. And you know, I agree. I agree. You know. If if we're having the same discussion 12 months from now, I think it's a different answer. But right. I think right now, after one year, I think it's a discussion. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I, I I do. I think it's a discussion mm-hmm. between the head coach and 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 coach Washington. 
And I also agree with you about James Lornite. He's an analyst. He's not he's not a fall guy for whatever you think was wrong with the linebackers. There, there's right. a lot more other issues above him. And he's a first-year head coach. Like, right. I mean, as a first-year coach, period. You've seen first-year coaches. You know, there's a you're, you're drinking through the fire hose as a first-year yeah. coach. And he's not even an actual yeah. coach. He's an analyst. So let's, you know, let's let that breathe a little bit. You know, and you can't blame an analyst for the issues with a position group. That's that's a stretch, in my yep. opinion. All right, Jay Henry with a super chat. Thank you very much, Jay. Will there be a Thomas Harper breakdown here or on the board? And will this will his addition so, affect Ramon? So Joe Jay jumped in a little late. Yep. So I think Jay missed the earlier breakdown. So Jay, we did break him down earlier. We'll dive more into the transfers again next week when Ryan gets back. We'll do even more film evaluation. I'm gonna try. We're still working on getting film that we can actually use. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do some videos that are for me- message board only. Cause I just can't put them on YouTube because they're, I'd, I'd get demonetized and get strikes against my account. It's the way that they do it. So um, if I try to monetize it, so I, we'll, we'll try to do something like that here over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to do some on Sam Hartman, do some on Thomas Harper on Thomas Harper as well. And then the other transfers that they get that aren't kickers, I'm not doing a breakdown on kickers. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not happening. If you want to do one, go for it. Your kid's a kicker. <laughs> I'm going to deal with the real football positions. Okay? Whoa! Yeah, man. I went there. I went there. We don't need to see that. We don't need to see all that. <laughs> I'm glad you're wearing pants. Um, so, so <laughs> regarding the second part of Jay's question, how does it affect, affect Ramon? I, I don't think it affects Ramon a ton if Ramon plays his plays well. If if Ramon grows up this grows up as a player this offseason. I'll make sure I'm clear on that. I'm not talking about as a person. I'm talking about right. as a player. If he grows yeah. up as a player, becomes a little bit more consistent, a little bit more impactful, he's going to play a bunch. Yeah. I think Thomas is, from my understanding, and again, it could be a role, his primary number one, this is where you're going to battle, is at in, in the slot where Tariq Bracey played. But then also provides you depth at safety when you're in your base defensive looks. So I don't think he affects Ramon a ton in that regard, Jay. Now, if somebody else steps up at nickel and Ramon's struggling at safety and this kid's clearly one of your best two safeties, then yes, it could affect Ramon. But I honestly think that like Ramon and Xavier, they're going to go into this offseason with given every opportunity to seize hold of a job. Yeah, It's up to them to take hold of it. And I don't think the staff is necessarily looking at portal guys that are going to come in and beat them out. Or they want to beat them out. At least that guy's not on the table right now. And so, uh, the only thing that's going to, I think, affect Ramon really is just is Ramon. That's really what it comes. To. Same with Xavier. The only thing that's going to keep those guys from having very important roles next year is them, yeah. in my opinion. So yep. we'll see Agreed. how it plays out. We got a super chat here from Matt. It says Brian, in your opinion, what additional needs does Notre Dame have in the portal? Vince, don't go kick rocks. Did that? Did you give that guy a detention? Well, no, we didn't. No, because uh, we wanted him to explain why he was yeah. saying. Like, is he joking? Is it? Well, I you think know... he thinks, like in real life, like that I give him a detention. Like, oh, and yeah. he's just on here to be. That oh, guy. I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. I... So he's like a student. Yeah, so he'd have know. to be a student now, right? This is yeah. only he'd you've never be been a... in a position to do that before, he'd right? Have to be a student right now. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but thanks. I won't go kick rocks, Matt. I appreciate yeah. that very much. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Very weird. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, additional needs in the portal, Vince. I, I still think another defensive lineman is is needed. I think a big guy can play either big end or three technique. 
mean, I'd love to get a nose guard that's 320. I mean, sure. I, I'm never said I don't want that. It's just that guy's not out there. And if he is, he's rare and he's going to attract a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I, I, I think that's a position. I don't actually think – I think they're okay at receiver. I really do. I do Unless too. that they have a departure from the current roster. But if the current roster stays intact, I'm fine with there where they are receiver. The only way that I would really go after another receiver is he's an impact guy. Like if J. Michael Sturdivant wanted to come from Cal, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I don't think he's looking at Notre Dame. I, I'm sure Notre Dame will, will – you know, I'm, I know that Notre Dame has kind of reached out and tried to engage with him since he since he joined. I don't know if there's been any conversation, but from everything I've heard, he's looking at the West Coast. Okay. So that's kind of what I expect from him. But, uh, I mean, I'd take him in a heartbeat because he is 6'2", 6'3", and fast. You know, he's an impact guy. So yeah. I'd take him, but other than that, I'm I'm good with where they are at receiver. I just develop them. That's my yeah. thing. Just coach right. them up. Right. So those are the two positions for me. And honestly, I'd be I'd be open to a guard if it was an impact guy. Like just to say hypothetically, like Zach Zinter decided he wanted to play his last season in college with his brother. All right, cool. Yeah, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Like, could you imagine the Notre Dame offensive line? With all due respect to the last two Michigan lines, which have been very good, I thought one of them deserved the Joe Moore Award, the other did not, but they've been very good. Could you imagine Zach Zinner on an offensive line with Joe Walt and Blake Fisher and Zeke Carell and Billy Shrouth? And, like, you know, whew, boy, that'd be fun to watch. With Harry Heastan coaching it? Yeah, <laughs> that'd so that's be fun to right watch. There. That'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, be really fun to watch. All right, Scott L., what can Notre Dame do to make its QBs as prepared for every game as they appear to be with extra time before game one, after a bye week, or before a bowl game? Hire more staff, simplify things, other. I think it's about simplifying a little bit, Vince. Yeah. I think they. I think both sides of the ball take too much into games. And I think the one thing that I would – if Tom Reese asked my opinion, and he hasn't and won't, but if he did <laughs> – the thing that I would say to him is <clears throat> you've got to find a sweet spot for the volume that you use each week in preparation. Because what happens in bowl games or with the bye week is they take the same amount of volume they normally do, but they've got the extra preparation time to digest it. And so they execute it more. And there's always stuff they don't use. And honestly, Vince, if, if, if you, unless you're an air raid team, because there's just not a lot to their offense, right? you're always going to go into game with stuff you don't use. Always, you know, it just it's a part. It happens in high school. I guarantee you, you'd always see. And then I, I kick myself after the fact right. sometimes, sometimes, or sometimes, sometimes it like, doesn't look, come the, up. The moment, just like, yes. like I was, you know, I, I had a con, you know, I had a conversation recently with someone that said that there was something that they practiced during the week that they had in their back pocket. They needed it, but the situation right. never called for it. Right, right, all Fine. the time. And and uh, you may say, hey, we're going to run this, but then our counter off of that, if the team stops it, it's going to be this. But then you're like, but they never stopped it. They, they never right. got out of what they were doing that allowed us. Like, So we had this run play called, and we had a couple things built off that run play. We're going to do a reverse and a play action off of that run play. So when they did this to stop the run play, because we really felt good about having success with it, this is a true story of my coach career, is if if in order for them to stop what we're going to do to them with this this zone run, they're going to have to do this and get out of what they do and do this. We just felt we had the matchup advantage, the numbers. We knew we could, we knew we can manipulate them in a way that was going to work. And when their answers are going to be this or this, and if they do this, we got to reverse off of it. If they do this and we got to play action off of it, that's the only two answers that they really have from what they've shown. 
but they never changed. So we just right. kept running it at them. You know what I mean? So we never needed those two plays. And so we didn't use them. That's okay. But I think sometimes there's just there, there's a happy medium where you've got too much you're not using. And you just got to zero in just on a little bit, a little bit smaller package to me, Vince, is something that I would like to see them do on both sides of the ball that I think it helped them. And, yeah. and on both sides, I, I, I do. I do. Yep. And I think the other thing, too, is having more positional versatility from a, a personnel stamp, personnel versatility helps, too, Vince, because when you're always going to be in 12 personnel, because that's what your roster dictates, it means you have to get even more creative with more stuff in order to be effective, because right. otherwise there's only so much you can do. But what made them so effective in the bowl game is even though they had a decent amount of stuff in there, I don't think they ran a bunch of stuff in the past game. Their versatility was in the run game, which I liked, but right. they just did it out of so many different looks. Mm-hmm. I was like, and, that's that's the sweet spot for formations, me. the the motions, yes. the I felt all, like they found that yeah. happy medium. And then <clears throat> Tommy Reese is one thing he's always been really good at, and I don't think fans realize this because they haven't had a quarterback that can make those throws. Vince, you know this. You've been at these games. He's really good. He can design about three or four plays a game where he's just going to get somebody wide open. It just is. And unfortunately, the quarterbacks just don't hit it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They either don't see it or miss it. Yeah, right. And in the bowl game, they didn't miss those. It was the Jaden Thomas corner, you know, that 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 corner route off Jaden Thomas, you know, the, the one that was like went for 25 yards. It was a play to Lindsey. That was one where they, they did the motion in a way that they knew was going to get them to roll down, which meant you roll down Braden Lindsey's, you're not covering Braden Lindsey. He knew that. So there just were, were a few plays like that, Vince, where they knew we're going to get them in this look and we know we can beat them with it, you right. know? And, you know, he, he's always been good at that, but it's some of the other stuff that that doesn't hit that they've got to get better at some of that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of it's quarterback play. Some of it you're putting a little bit too much on your receivers because they don't always run fast because they often play with a little bit of, I'm not sure what I'm doing here to them. So that would be my thing is find that sweet spot of having enough volume to be the complex team you want to be, but not so much volume that you're just not good at anything. Mm-hmm. And that would be my advice. If they, if they can find that sweet spot, I, I like what they're going to be dangerous, do. dangerous. Yeah. Jacob, what's your confidence level? So we'll go scale of one to 10 that Notre Dame brings in an impact defensive lineman impact right now. Three, maybe two. I don't think they're going to get Anthony Lucas right now. I don't, unfortunately. And most of the other guys on the board are not impact guys. Like there's a, right. a defensive lineman that I've been asked not to say his name. He's got a lot of potential and upside, but he's not a guy that I would say is an impact guy for sure. Right? He's a guy that could maybe be. could be right, one. right, right. But he's not a so, walk in the door. Yeah, guy. yeah. So if they get him, I'm going to feel better about it because it's another good player. It's got some potential, but I'm, he's a guy that's had some injury issues and just, you know, I, I got to see him step up and prove that. But right. just, you know, getting an impact D lineman, no, I don't see that. But I don't know if that's necessarily what they need. They just need a guy that can come in and play, whether yeah. it's a defensive tackle, whether it's a, you know, a, a, even if it's just another Chris Smith or a couple Chris Smith type guys, that's fine with me. Because depth is more of the issue than necessarily starters for me. It's more of the depth part. Brian Hockney, 
with Jason going pro, or Justin going pro, is there anyone else that is in the portal that Notre Dame is interested in, or do you think that we should look at? How do you see the D line looking in the fall? Speaking of, <laughs> I think we're going to see the Viper rotation be Jordan Patojo, Josh Burnham, Junior Tuilamaka, who I think could also be a guy that eventually, I think Junior Tuilamaka could be groomed to take the role that Justin Adamiola had. Very similar body types, very similar athletes. I think Junior might be a little bit more athletic than Justin, you know, where he can kind of play some big end Vince and some Viper and, you know, moving around and be a nickel guy. Maybe even do some of the stuff that Bo Bauer did on third down as a pass rusher. I could see yeah. you know, Junior having that role. I think big end, right as of right now, my anticipation is, barring transfers coming in, I think they're going to be forced to have to move Riley Mills back inside. I think they're going to have to. I, you know, If they're going to be a four-down team. And then you've got Nana, you've got Alexander Ehrensberger at big end, potentially maybe Tyson Ford battles there, potentially one of the freshmen like Bubakar or Brendan Vernon uh, battles there. Uh, you know, you could see a, a transfer coming in and playing there. Maybe Junior and some certain looks could play there. Maybe Aiden Gobira takes a jump physically and he could move over there. So there's some options there, but it, that depth chart needs to get solidified. And then inside, you you know, you have Howard Cross and Riley Mills. You'll have um, you have Gabriel Rubio is going to have a role there this year. You know, then you're going to have some young guys that are going to have a chance to to develop and have a shot. You know, Jason Onye is this year that Jason Onye kind of breaks out and forces himself into the rotation. Is Aiden Kiana Ana going to be healthy enough to to be a factor? He's a guy that if he can stay healthy and and reach his potential, could really help this football team because he provides some beef. Yeah, like if you could have like him and Gabriel Rubio as kind of like the two noses, and then you could let Howard Cross play some three technique. You know, with like Jason Onye and. And some other guys that are, and now you could feel better about having Riley Mills outside more at that point in time. And so those are those are that's kind of the way I look at events. But you, but that's a big question mark. Jason Onye is a question mark right now because he's he hasn't he, he hasn't been that guy. That's not a negative because I didn't expect Jason Onye to help the first two years. He could he could have played two years of high school football. That's it. Yeah, and didn't get to play his senior year because of the COVID stuff in Rhode Island. So he's a kid that the light could go on for him, and he all of a sudden you're like you feel really good about that because I've heard he in some he'll flash. It's sure. just he's still learning the game. Yeah, if the light goes on for him, that helps you a ton. You know, Gabriel Rubio really just ascended throughout the year. Aiden Kalanana, those are those are two of the really key guys to me, Vince. Is those two guys got to break out this year, right. and then of course if Tyson Ford, the young guys, you got Tyson Ford, Donald Heinish, Aiden Gobira, Josh Burnham. Junior to Alamaka, then the incoming freshman class. Like you got to get three or four of those guys to really be able to help you this year sure. as well of that whole group. Do that, and I think they'll be fine.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.